0: Let me tell you what's going on today. There's all this noise outside my door in like what I like to call the corridor. Sounds much fancier than the outside hallway. (laughs) And I took Dewey outside, you know, for his little pee-pee and find that my neighbor is moving. Let me tell you something. Every time somebody moves out of this place, I get anxiety. Here's why. I feel like they're moving forward in their life. Hear me out. I feel like they're moving forward in their life and I'm not moving because I'm not physically moving out right? Like, think about it. Like, we assume the story in our head. Like, I don't know why they're moving. It could have been because every year this place raises our rent, right? And if I wasn't so lazy, (laughs) I might have moved a year ago or two years ago. But I don't because I take it as as an opportunity for financial growth for me. Every time they raise my rent I go oh good my income's going to raise now too and like that's my mindset so that's what plays out for me but I get it if somebody doesn't kind of live by the same mentality as me that you know if they see the rent increase plus they added all these other fees which were all bunch of horse shit like they built us a volleyball court guys they built us a volleyball court at the end of summer, an outside volleyball court, like a beach volleyball court, like there's sand and shit. No volleyball. No, like, no, no, they don't provide the volleyball, but they built us a nice, beautiful outside volleyball. And I'm thinking to myself, you took away our tennis court and you gave us a volleyball court. And I know this is like first world problems over here, but like, What other kind of problem am I going (laughs) to have? They built us a volleyball court the end of summer and and, and then like proudly announced it to us via email. And I just like wanted to slam my head on my desk a thousand times because not only did they build us that, but they built us a nice new dog park, which that was obviously beneficial to me because the former dog park was not a dog park. It looked like a large outside kennel that they were calling a dog park, but like more than two dogs could not go in there and like hang out with each other. So so this new dog park has dog agility equipment. Because you know what your girl's doing on a Saturday and Sunday is training her dog for the Westminster (laughs) dog show over here. Who the fuck needs dog agility equipment? This equipment looks like it's the mini version of like, like what a horse would jump over. But for dogs. So I take Dewey in there. And... I don't take Dewey in there when there are other dogs there. I have tried that before, and I'm sure you've heard me tell the stories that didn't go so well. He gets pummeled by these other untrained animals, and I don't ever get angry at the animal. I always get angry at the the, the bad human owner of the animal who didn't train their dog or is not paying attention to their dog. So I take him in there by himself it's just best um, after they put all this equipment up. And <laughs> Picture this. We go in. I unhook his leash. He goes and he walks up to the first piece of agility equipment and he sniffs it. And I'm like, okay, you know, do the normal dog routine. Like piss on it and then go to the other one and piss on that. Claim it, Dewey. Claim it, Right? He walks up and he sniffs it and then he walks around it. And so there's this tunnel, right? Like this like mini tunnel. He walks up to that and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try something here. So I go on the other side of the tunnel <laughs> and I squat down and I like pat the tunnel and I go, come on, do. come on, come through it. Come on, you can do it. He looks at me, he sniffs it he walks all the way around the tunnel. (laughs) And I'm just like, who needs this shit? Who built this? This is what I'm paying for. These are what my rent increases have gone to. An outside volleyball court that nobody can use because you built it right at the end of summer. And of a tennis court you got rid of that everybody used. And then, you you purchased us dog agility equipment, and my dog is so much like me. He sniffs it and walks casually around it. Sometimes he pees on it, but he's too polite for that. He pees on the grass. You know, I have a rule of thumb with Dewey, right? And I, and I read a I read a meme somewhere that kind of said this, and I thought you took that out of my head. <laughs> which is kind of what memes do, right? They just kind of like pluck our thoughts and validate them for us. So I saw this meme somewhere and I was like, that's exactly what I do with my dog. So when I walk Dewey, I have a five second rule. If he starts sniffing the leaves or, you know, like the post for the stop sign or anything, it's grass. If he's sniffing something for longer than five seconds and he does not pee, we are moving along. We are rapidly just kind of tug, 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 and we're going to proceed with our walk because there are lazy people out there that do not pick up their dog poo. Now, mind you, like I get it if you live in the fields of Oklahoma and there ain't other people walking their dogs around, but like this is like like an apartment complex, a community of people who all have, mostly have dogs because it's very dog friendly here. And there are signs everywhere that say you're going to be fined between $250 and $500 if you are caught not picking up your dog poo. Well, that's enough to scare me to pick up the shit, right? Like, listen, I had to pay like $450 for a cell phone ticket. I'm not going to get... We'll just add that to special skills on my resume. I don't pick up my dog shit, so I have to pay a fine <laughs> I'm not risking it. It's not hard. I have do- poop bags, like doggy poop bags in his leash, every leash he has, even though they supply them to us here. They have little dog cleanup stations around the entire complex. So we have little doggy trash bins. Um doggy poop bag dispensers, the whole nine yards. It's not difficult when all of the tools are supplied to you to just grab a bag and pick up the shit. But there are plenty of people that don't do that. And and listen, I get it. Like when it's rainy out, it's not necessarily fun to be squatting down, picking up wet poo, but you do it because it's your dog. You You wipe your kid's ass when he has like explosive shit coming out of it. Right. And that honestly smells a lot worse than at least my dog's poop. And, and listen, we're just gonna, we're, it's just sidebar for a second. My father, I, I visit my parents every weekend and I was visiting yesterday and my father says to me, cause, cause I was talking about my new microphone and stuff. And I, he says to me, you should do an episode about poop. <laughs> and here we are. I didn't plan for this. I did what I normally do right before I know I'm going to record something. I, I started to overthink it and like try to plan out my material. Like what do I want to talk about? What stories do I want to tell? And that always fucks me up. So then I have to reel it back in. I've said this before and kind of just be like, you know what? Just turn it on and start talking. And somehow we landed on poop. So you can thank Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Everybody, say it with me. Thank you, Jeff, for having an entire episode about poo. I, I I'm kidding. the The entire episode won't be about poo. Um, just the first ten minutes. <laughs> so the so the neighbor the neighbor is moving, and. It's every time, even when it's people I don't know, like I've never actually spoken to the woman that lives directly next door to me, but she's moving out and I have anxiety and I like, listen, I've never sat down and actually dug into it before. And, and like, and let me rephrase that, not dig into it so much as get curious about it and go, what am I anxious about? Which is what I would do for most things when I'm feeling a little off I get curious and I ask myself some questions and so on and so forth. But this I've never done. But I do know it's relative to what I had explained. It feels like when somebody's moving, kind of like when you see somebody get engaged on social media. You immediately, if you're insecure or triggered by that, you can immediately feel like, their life is now moving forward and yours isn't. And I always have to kind of check people when they bring that to my attention in a session and be like, you don't know what's going on in their relationship. Just because there's a ring on their finger doesn't mean they're in a happy, healthy relationship. Some people get engaged because they think they're, they're obligated to. They think they've been together for X amount of years and they have to. It's the next step. I, listen... My, as of yesterday, I had my massage therapy yesterday. As of yesterday, I've had some major epiphanies during my massage yesterday and and it didn't really happen yesterday. It just came out of my mouth where it it was that moment of like, aha, so we're there now, (laughs) right? You know that place. So, and, and it was pertaining to, to marriage for, at least for me. I used to feel a little pressure when I turned 30 because I thought I'd be engaged and married by 30. And I think that came from probably hearing my parents say how they were married young and they had kids young and kind of that external pressure during my life. but. Um, I did feel pressure when I was turning 30. Mind you, I just turned 35 and I wasn't remotely triggered about anything relative to relationships or marriage. And I did have moments of clarity in the last week or so where I felt very content um, realizing that many, 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 many years ago, I had said to myself, very, very firmly that I didn't want to be married to anybody until I felt secure and successful in my own business. And I must have forgotten in the last five years (laughs) that I said that to myself until recently. But that came to mind and I remembered very clearly Why I had said that because I knew that I had always had patterns leaning back all the way into my childhood of any type of relationship. It's very easy for me to give of myself. And and before I had any boundaries, it was very easy for me to give of myself and lose myself and abandon myself for you and your needs. And I did it for a very long time. No wonder... All of those relationships up until me having boundaries did not work out. They didn't work out because Amy never had any boundaries. And so I completely lose myself. I would always, I always started the relationship off really well because I wasn't that invested in you. <laughs> I wasn't that invested in you. I was more invested in me and I was kind of take, like flattered that you were into me. And it it would take me probably several months to get to a point where I was like I would start to go to that place, like that pattern would start to kind of happen. And mind you, like this has stopped. I haven't been in a relationship purposefully, mind you, like this has been deliberate and intentional on my part. People don't always understand it. I don't care. I'm really confident around it. Um content with it. And, and there's reasons why I've chosen this. And this is why you can't, You can't judge books by their cover, right? You can't just look at people with rings on their finger and assume they're happy. You can't just um, look at somebody moving out of your apartment building and feel like there's actual movement in their life. Like maybe there was a setback and that's why they had to move out, but we don't always consider that. So I have chosen for myself, um, after my last relationship ended, to not be in another relationship until I felt like I wanted to be. I mean, that sounds very healthy and like common sense, but most people don't go about it that way. They, they go through a breakup. They immediately assume something's wrong with them. I've been there. I was there. And then they look immediately for the next person. I've never been that person. I've always been a person who was in a long-term relationship and then there was a very large span of time between the next one. And I'm not a dater. I don't do dating apps. I did for a very brief part of a year, um, a couple years ago. And I I did go on a, two dates, <laughs> literally, And that was that was really it. Like those didn't turn into relationships. They didn't last longer than one date. Uh, (laughs) And that was it. Um, But I've chosen to be single for the last. Let's say. I'm counting in my head. Don't mind the silence. Several years, (laughs) we'll say, the last approximately like five years, I have chosen to be by myself and with myself, and really focus on things that I want to work on and improve and um, build. Right, like my my business, I, I and financial stuff. I really wanted to get a handle on financial stuff. Where I never wanted to enter into the next relationship feeling remotely less than and I don't always think people actually I know because professionally I do know this but I also think right because I'm also human I think personally not a lot of people do this I know professionally a lot of people don't do this but I also think don't let that confuse you it's just there's there's two sides of the equation right so I don't think people always consider that They, or they, or they lack awareness. They, they, they fix, fix, take that word lightly. They fix a portion of their life, right? Like maybe they boost their confidence or they lose a lot of weight, which all happened to me. (laughs) Um, and then they're like, "Mm, I'm good. I'm ready. Right. And there were times within the last several years where I was like, yeah, maybe, but no, no, I I wasn't, and honestly, again, because I go about relationship stuff rather um, differently than the average person, I don't get on a dating app. I don't. I'm not signing up for Match.com. I like to meet people very organically. I'd rather meet you in a natural setting and have it organically unfold, um, than put myself in a position that can. Make it almost feel. I've got an opinion about dating apps. Would you like to hear it? Because I would. This wasn't where this episode was going to go. But I have a. I have a very strong opinion about the mindset of people who put themselves on a dating app, and it's going to probably rub a few of you the wrong way. But mm, whatever. So. The mindset of most people who place themselves on a dating app, and mind you, everybody is different, everybody's in a different area of their life, and everybody is there for different intentions, but mostly the common denominator in all of you, and I have been there, so I can say this from my own experience, my own observations, and my own professional work with people around this area of life, that you're needy, (laughs) You're needy, you're, you feel, you probably say things to yourself like, I need to find somebody, I need to put myself out there. Those are not healthy statements. I need to find somebody, I need to put myself out there are not healthy because if you feel a need behind it, that's not healthy. If you say, I want to put myself out there and I am open, right? That's going about it in a healthier mindset. Right, It's still not my preference, of, uh, of, uh, and finding somebody is not healthy because you don't find people. You allow them in. You're not out searching for your soulmate. You're not out seeking and finding, although a lot of you go about it with that mindset, which makes you feel very tormented and very powerless. The reality of it is when you are in a place with yourself, and it's always that place in your life where you're not looking, And it's not that you're not available. It's that you're not looking. Two different things. You're not looking. You are content. You are whole. You are happy. You are satisfied with the things going on in your life. Your time is very intentionally filled with things bringing you joy. Versus you have time in your schedule where you're sitting there going, I guess I got to go on another date. I guess I got to go find somebody. I should probably go to the bar tonight. I always felt there was something wrong with me because I wasn't that girl. And I have learned in the last five years that being with myself and and really investing my time and energy and focus into things for me that are really of value to, to areas of my life that I want to improve on things I want to accomplish, relationships I want to improve, whatever it may be, I have come to learn that there is a lot less wrong with me than I had ever thought. (laughs) And that I've got my shit way more together than most people do. And I said this to B yesterday in therapy. And I said, and I always, I'm sure you're catching on, I tend to like observe what I'm saying as I'm saying it. Like sometimes I don't always hear myself until it comes out of my mouth, right? So I tend to say things or share things and then I will stop myself and I can judge myself in that moment or I can question myself and I will often do this with her during massage and I said this. I said, I'm finding that there's a lot less wrong with me than I had ever thought there was. And then I stopped myself and I said... God, that sounds so arrogant. And she said, no, it does not. She goes, I think what you have to realize is that for many, many years, you have been so self-deprecating and been in so many situations where you really did believe that you were not enough and you were told that, you know, there was something wrong with you, that I think you're coming to this clarity and these realizations that a lot of those previous mindsets were just not the case. And I'm like, oh, that sounds so much better than <laughs> than thinking I'm arrogant. And then we got into a whole discussion about arrogance versus confidence. And quite frankly, what I what I came to realize is that arrogance can can actually be a very normal thing that occurs for people. The the thing is is that like When somebody is only arrogant and they lack confidence, that's where we really see their ego come out, right? Versus somebody who's confident can sway. There's a very fine line. And this is what we were kind of figuring out in our conversation, that there's this very fine line between arrogance and confidence. I can totally sway, and so can you. If if you are feeling confident about something, and and talking about it or, or sharing it it can almost sway into that level of arrogance but there's definitely a difference between somebody who is coming from a confident place versus somebody who's coming from a very insecure place and they're kind of like trying to self-promote right, and like boost themselves up and make themselves feel good that's like the negative type of arrogance so yeah, it's I mean, listen, every day is a day of reflection for me, but because I had I had some anxiety this morning and then I had um therapy yesterday. I've got a lot going on in my brain today and I and I didn't want to be around anybody. Like my I ordered that microphone cuz we are not on it right now. The sound quality here is subpar. <laughs> That microphone is going to bring me the extra juge that I need to take this to the level I'd like to, it to be at, at least sound quality-wise, right? But it didn't arrive on time. Thank you, Amazon. And my, my mother, it, it, it arrived today, a daily, and my mother offered to drive it over and drop it off, and I was just like, no, thank you. I don't want to be. I don't want any human interaction today. Absolutely none. No person-to-person contact for Amy, because I need a whole day to kind of reset. And what I have come to find, this is probably not you, but I have come to find that on a Sunday, like I first of all, I'm not a churchgoer. I once was. I went to a very amazing large black church. That is what they called it. Don't come at me. Okay. I was like one of three white folks in the place. And if you've ever been to a black church, the gospel choir, oh, amazing, amazing. And the only reason I stopped attending is because things got a little bit political in the pulpit. And I was like, I can't, can't hear the word when you're talking about who you're voting for, just can't. So I tapped out and then I would stream it live, um, on my phone sometimes, but whatever. So, so nowadays I'm not a church goer. I'm not against church. Uh, I will go to, I am not a religious person. However, like I do not label myself Christian. I don't label myself to be affiliated with any type of religion because I've gone to various different churches. Like Half of my, my mom's side of the family is Catholic. So whenever somebody drops dead, I've got a whole Catholic church service going on at that funeral. <laughs> and I am here for that incense. You ever been to a Catholic church? That incense is, mm, oh, it's magnifique. It's so good. And most people can't stand it. But I'm like, dude, wave that shit in my face. Like, I ain't coming for you to pop a cracker in my mouth, but I am here for the smoke show. And I have been, the, the large church I used to go to was a Baptist church. Uh, that's a good time. A Baptist church is a good time. But I also, I grew up Protestant. And I don't even know what that is. I don't know. But I do know that, like, my <laughs> my preschool class was in the church. And I do remember being forced to read the Bible. But I, you know that's that's about the extent of it I don't so anyway so on a Sunday nowadays as a 35 year old grown-ass woman I don't want to (laughs) bathe I didn't know that was going to sound like that when it came out of my mouth I don't I don't want to interact with people I don't want to bathe I don't I don't wash my face I it takes me like half the day to unless I got something scheduled Right? Like there are times where I wanna get up, take Dewey on a hike, and then and then come back home, but there are other days where I just wanna record something or watch a lifetime movie with a candle lit and do my puzzle. I it's just real. So so I said this to my dad the other day, I honestly do, listen, I don't, it's purely entertainment if you were to just observe me around my parents and, and the way I talk with them because even my brother and sister, when they have been in the presence of this, just kind of like sit there and with a giant smile on their face, just kind of shake their head in shock and belief like at the shit that comes out of my mouth. My parents are more or less immune to it, which is rather disappointing Like, could you imagine living with a comedian? And I'm not calling myself one, but I kind of am. And (laughs) living with one, and they are, like, picture the funniest person you know. I'm just going to, off the top of my head, like, one of my favorite comedians from back in the day was um, Louis Black. But there are other ones I love nowadays, like, Kevin Hart is a good time sometimes. Like, I don't follow him too much to, like, really know and then there's some ones that I don't really, I'm not that familiar with, but you know, I you know, all I follow is really comedy on Instagram. So picture one of them, right? And you're like their brother or their parent and you grow up with them. Are you going to be immune? Are you going to be immune to their humor, their craft, their special skills, or... Like, and just like kind of sit there like that emoji face with the line eyes and the line mouth, like no emotion when they like make a joke or are you going to really enjoy it? My parents are so immune to me guys that when I actually crack a really funny joke, nobody reacts. They just sit there like it's totally normal. Like, they're so used to me and my personality and my sense of humor. There is no reaction. I need a reaction. I know I teach people for a living to be non-reactive to emotions. But when I'm making jokes, you need to laugh. And if you don't laugh, I am not comfortable in your presence. Plain and simple. So, like, my dad, he's a tough crowd. He's a very tough crowd. Because sometimes you can catch him sideways, like off guard. And he, and you see him crack a smile and laugh. But he's not a big smiler. Like, you, if you meet my dad and he says hello to you, he usually has, like, aviators on. He looks like a security guard. Like, like, a little bit like Kevin Costner, like, bodyguard Kevin Costner, okay? And he is very stoic. When you get to know him, he has the best personality and sense of humor, but... When he's in a mood and he wants to really drag something out or play a game, that man will purposely not crack a smile. And that's what, you know, I was dropping jokes left and right yesterday and I was getting him the smile. I was I, he was starting to laugh and then my mother fucking interrupted my set. She interrupted my set like, "Listen, I will let you know if I want your chicken broth." In a second, but you gotta wait until you know the applause sign comes on and everybody claps, and then Amy's done and she's off stage. Then you can ask me if I want to take home any of your homemade soup. But until then, don't interrupt she would though. If I if I was a comedian and I was on stage and we were at the laugh factory, I would be in the middle of the set, and that woman would have no qualms about getting up in the middle of my set and going. Amy, (laughs) I made some turkey sausage. Would you like me to package it up for you? And I'm thinking, I'm not even leaving yet, woman. Why are you trying to package it? Are you trying to get rid of me? And then she's always like, I'm not trying to get rid of you. Really? Because you could have fooled me. So she will interrupt my set. And I think now I'm going to have to invest in an applause kind of sign- situation that I carry with me you know like back in the day when people when people would carry around a boom box when we called it a boom box they would carry around a boom box on their shoulder to supply their own music so they could maybe rap or dance right I think I'm gonna need that I think I'm gonna listen I already have like a makeshift neon sign situation that says on air I don't think it's good enough. I think I need one that says applause and um, I will carry them both and place them out kind of like a street performer. I will bring my tip bucket as well. Feel free to tip me money, not constructive criticism. I'm not interested. I don't want to hear it. Don't criticize my humor. It ain't going to work for me. (laughs) It's It's just not. And don't interrupt me and offer me broth. Because, like, it's no until I'm done. Lord, guys, life can be so exciting and so exhausting sometimes. I'm exhausted for my neighbor right now as I listen to them move furniture into their 1999 an hour U-Haul truck. Like, they picked the cheapest U-Haul truck you could find. Like, an open back. Like, U-Haul you, you truck? I ain't never seen one of those. I walked out, and the first thought I had was, oh, well, maybe you're behind on rent because most people around here get the mini U-Haul with the covered back. You know what I'm talking about. The the, the bite-size U-Haul truck, but it's covered, right? And that basically could fit the one-bedroom or the two-bedroom. Then you got the highfalutin two-in motherfuckers around here that bring in the full-size tractor trailer moving truck and you think to yourself stop get stop unless it's a shipping company because you're moving across country or out of state there is no need for that in these little apartments no need this is not a full-size house in least okay all of my rooms blend together there are literally like four doorways one of them Two of them, sorry, two of them go into the same room and that would be the bathroom. There are double doors in my bathroom because the bathroom connects to the bedroom and the kitchen area. I don't even know if you would call it a kitchen area because it's a kitchen mixed with a living room, mixed with a dining room that I've made into my home office. So, you know, whatever, but... She bought, she bought the cheapest U-Haul ever. And I'm not judging the situation, but I am. <laughs> because we always go to judgment first when we feel off. And I told you, it doesn't matter where I'm at with myself. Listen, you have to recognize something that you're, you're never... You're never not going to have negative emotions. They serve a very valuable purpose. So I can talk about anxiety and I can make jokes about anxiety and I can tell you stories about it because the reality is is I don't get trapped in it. Even if I feel it for 30 minutes, I'm not trapped in it. I know what it is and I know how to work through it, right? Right. My thoughts are mixed up. That's anxiety. Anxiety is you are not clear in your mind, and it's producing an emotion that makes you feel out of control. Where are you actually out of control? In your mind. It's so simple. Now, granted, you know I'm like a, I'm a holistic life coach, so my way of handling things is very natural and doesn't involve medication having been somebody who was diagnosed with severe anxiety back in my teens amongst many other things and prescribed medication it never unless you're adding the extra benefit of learning how to control your thoughts the medicine isn't going to maintain a level of inner calmness situation to situation you know what I mean if it's severe enough where you're at a point where you, you can't calm yourself down at all physically and you need that pill to get you to like a stabilizing level, have at it. But make sure you're being proactive on the back end and figuring out how to clear up your thinking. I can do it with two shakes of a lamb's tail. Is that the, is that the saying? Two shakes of a lamb's tail. Sure. We'll go with it. I think that's it. Google it. So (laughs) I can do it mentally. And it's, I don't know if you could hear me snap, but it's that quick for me. In most situations these days, it's just a one, two, three punch. But so, so I know why I'm anxious and the anxiety is not stopping me from not bathing today. Like, listen, it's a holy day. That's what I said to my father. I don't I don't always, I just don't feel motivated to take a shower immediately in the morning on a Sunday. I, and I have found a pattern where I don't feel like I want to wash my face for half the day either. Unless I'm going somewhere or doing something. So we're going to chalk it up to that's because of Jesus and call it a fucking day. So yeah, that's it guys. I mean, listen, you got a bonus episode this last week and it was a doozy. So if you haven't caught up, catch up because I ain't stopping anytime soon. Y'all are really digging this and I'm digging you for digging this. And I'm going to stop telling you that because I don't want to amp you up too much and really, but, but like you support me, I support you kind of thing. Como si, como sa. I, listen, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but if you know me in person, sometimes I just say shit. Sometimes I just say things that make no sense at all. So humor me here. I will see you next time with better, better sound quality. And I have ideas. Because that microphone can be used on the go. And I said to my parents, I said, prepare yourselves, because I just might walk in one day all mic'd up and stick the microphone in your face and catch you off guard. And I don't edit. I live by the standard of not editing this unless there's a weird fucking noise. And like I said, usually if there's a weird fucking noise, I'm going to re-record the whole damn thing anyway. So none of these are edited. And I can't wait to get this new microphone, because you're here to see your girl walking through the grocery store, interviewing every senior citizen on a Friday afternoon. And I just I, who knows what's going to happen? I, I'm going to go get dry, drive-through Chick-fil-A. Have you ever been to the Chick-fil-A when you're picking up drive-through food? They have a little man that stands before the window under an umbrella with a cash box that takes your money. I'm thinking, why don't you just make two windows? Don't you make enough money on chicken sandwiches that you could build another window to collect, like McDonald's, to collect the money and then pick up the food? No, no. I hope he's getting extra because he sure ain't taking tips. But he stands there under a little umbrella and that line... It could be rainy, it could be freezing, and he is under a little umbrella, and he's happy as a fucking clam. So I might just pull up to the Chick-fil-A drive through and be like, hey, Steve, tell my, view- <laughs> tell my viewer <laughs> how much you make an hour. <laughs> We're, we'll double it. If you come and you collect tips for Amy's live performances in the street. All right, I'm out. I'll see you on the next episode. Be ready.